0: Hello everyone, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast. Today's podcast is entitled, When Leaders Don't Fall Well and Those Who Keep Standing. Frustration with a capital F. That's how I have felt this year. Not because of COVID, even though that has been frustrating on multiple levels for multiple reasons, but because what I've witnessed and observed, close and far, with leaders. Just because someone is in a leadership position does not mean they're actually a good leader. Position does not mean proficiency. Able does not mean capable. Control does not mean competency. And decision does not mean decency. I will not call out anyone, but I will acknowledge that in what I've seen this calendar year regarding leaders, I've had a lifelong relationship with one, a geographically close relationship with some while remaining emotionally distant and don't know, but have seen how they conduct themselves. Another leader that I've admired and have met personally on several occasions has not fallen well either due to a variety of factors. Probably mishandling, but also probable revenge. So it can get very complicated indeed. Mixed with my frustration is also grief. My spirit grieves for what should be and what hasn't been. The degree of relationship with the people that come to mind as I write also indicate whether frustration is intermixed with grief. Grief is reserved for those leaders that I've personally known or have had a long-standing relationship with. Frustration is reserved for the leaders that I'm not personally acquainted with but simply am affected by either directly or indirectly. On the outset, let me confess that I realize my Enneagram type is the filter through which I see what has occurred with these leaders. My primary values are truth and justice, according to this assessment. I have a strong sense of integrity and responsibility. At my best, my particular type yearns for ethics, wise, idealistic, honest and conscientious review of a situation. I take notice when people do not follow the rules and proper procedures or when they're dishonest. In addition, a mistake that harms the greater good is very disheartening to me. On the flip side, I know I tend to be critical fixated on imperfections and judgmental when the strengths of my type are carried to an extreme. I realize this, and I have to be on guard constantly. Others have asked, where is the forgiveness? Where is the grace? My point is that forgiveness and grace can coincide with consequences. It's not an either-or way of looking at a situation, but a both-and and counseling a proper way of thinking, regardless of what occurs in our life, is that we can always choose our actions, but we have no control over the consequences. Case in point, King David. My goal is that this podcast will be a truly balanced and fair look at what we want and look for in a good leader. This will no means be an all-inclusive list but rather traits and takeaways I've pondered for many months as my mind has individually tried to dissect uh, the facts that have surfaced. I find it interesting that a quick Google search regarding skills for leaders does not include skill in the area of expertise. Perhaps that goes without saying, but I feel as though it's worth mentioning. Before I discuss the traits I feel are crucial to leadership, may we at least be balanced and acknowledge the following. Number one, unless you are directly involved in the situation, I think it's safe to at least acknowledge that you may not be privy to all the facts and knowledge about the situation. You may want to at least acknowledge that before jumping to conclusions, there may be pertinent information that you simply do not have at your disposal. The situation at hand may, in fact, have more information to substantiate your claim, but it may also be less than what you truly do know. And number two, perhaps you should reserve your thoughts and opinions if you aren't in the inner circle of all knowledge and facts, especially when it comes to sharing on any social media platform. For the purpose of this podcast, I'm specifically sharing thoughts about leaders, Leaders that you either work for or are affected by their leadership decisions, tactics, or even antics at the most or at the least, you've known a leader in action to have a good observable opinion about his motivations, his heart, and his core values. So here's my list in no particular order in what we look to and look for. The first one is accountability. Leaders who have no one in position over them are still accountable for the well-being of those beneath them, their team, and the people they serve. Someone recently shared the following quote, Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Or, if there is accountability, who has the authority to act and do hard things in the situation? For some people in places who actually do have accountability but refuse to take hard steps of action, then that says something about that particular layer of people in the rung of decision making. Now you have a problem. It's not just the leader, but it's the leaders to whom the leader is accountable who are not being accountable to the people to whom all these people serve and make decisions for. The second thing that we look for is approachability. Does your leader have time to hear your concerns? I've heard of those in authority making excuses for not taking time for those with concerns and complaints, or even criticisms. If this is the case, the person who's trying to handle the concern biblically and one-on-one has a takeaway about the leader if they cannot be heard. And usually, it's a negative takeaway. The message for the person who has the courage to try to go to the leader and talk with them with their concern and complaint, if they are refused entryway or a discussion, then it results in a negative takeaway for that person who has had the courage to step forth. If your leader is approachable, do they actively listen to hear your concerns? Or does their position of control overrule and minimize your complaint? This is really something to ponder. What's the third thing that I think of when I think of good leadership? Boundaries. And what does that exactly mean? Well, it means that you are responsible for certain things certain actions certain people and you're responsible to certain people certain actions certain things so you're you're actually responsible for yourself but you're always responsible to accountability this is more insightful than being rogue so to be responsible versus Rogue behavior. Rogue behavior is especially alarming when it's veneered in the veil of rationalization. What's another trait we look for? Humility. A good leader knows he or she wouldn't be where they are if not for the people who put them in leadership or their team who supports them. I'm reminded of my adopted father, who, as a captain during World War II, earned the Silver Star for crossing the Rhine River under heavy German uh, attack before the close of the war. He told one of his privates that he felt that all the men under him were deserving of awards and accolades, not just he as the leader. He was very much aware that he, the leader, had the support meaning the trust, the confidence, and the abilities of those surrounding him for the overall mission to be accomplished. It's a two-way relationship with mutual trust and admiration. A respected leader respects. Let me say that again. A respected leader respects. Another trait that we look for is teachability. I believe it's completely fair to say that not all leaders will be all in all. Specifically, every person, especially leaders, will be a mixed blend of strength and growth areas. A true and humble leader will be able to admit where they need to grow. I've always appreciated my husband in his leadership role knows exactly where his strength and growth areas are. He has a realistic and balanced view of himself, and he leads and cares for others. Because of this, he takes the time to learn from others who can speak to this area of his leadership role and provide insight and assist him with known areas of growth as well as his blind spots. Again, there are other things we look for in a good leader, such as trust, transparency, a confidence instiller, a steady mood, and being a person who is a non-reactor, but a responder. Not only do we look for these characteristics in a leader, but what do we look for when the leader falls? This is part two. First and foremost, ownership of wrongdoing. Because no one and no leader is perfect, We looked for an honest assessment of where they fell short and in what ways and how far they fell short can be on a continuum of all kinds of different behaviors. It doesn't necessarily have to be a moral issue. And by the way, what encompasses a moral behavior? I think it includes more than sexual behavior. A leader can still act in an immoral way that calls into question issues of integrity or ethics, depending on the venue and values of an organization. Secondly, we look for remorse insofar as they are responsible for what has actually occurred. No bridge of reconciliation is built if rationalization is the stepping stone used by the disgruntled leader as they pave their way forward. There seems to be many a scapegoat these days, especially during COVID. If this is the proverbial path a leader takes, trust quickly dissipates. Third, we look for an apology. What would all relationships look like if people, leaders or not, would simply acknowledge what they have done? Dr. Gary Chapman has written a book on the languages of apology, Each of us look for different forms of apology when an offense has occurred. Suffice it to say that an apology is a bridge builder, not a bridge burner. No minimizing, no rationalizing, and no blaming. The last category I would like to discuss is simply this. What if we have no control to control? I love Stephen Covey's concept, of circle of influence and circle of concern. Specifically, anyone's circle of concern are simply those things over which you don't have control, whereas circle of influence are those things or people over which you do have control. For the purpose of this podcast, I have no control of the leadership concerns I've been privy to, far and near. This would be included in my circle of concern. It bothers me. I think about it, but I actually have no control over the leaders or the organization. So what is a frustrated person like me to do? The first concept is promise. Peace in his promise. Romans 13:1 Says, Only God can give authority to anyone, and he puts these rulers in their places of power. This in no way minimizes corruption or deceit, or even horrific acts. It's simply a reminder that in the scheme of a historical timeline, we have seen God use all leaders for his ultimate will to be accomplished. He hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he used King Cyrus for the lease of his people out of Babylonian captivity. He uses the leaders who acknowledge them and those who don't. He uses leaders who lead well and those who don't fall well. Secondly, process. Trust his timetable. God will not be mocked. Anything that needs to be brought to the light has a sovereignly divine timetable in disclosure. Third, peace. Submit, surrender, and a straight path for his sovereignty. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 commands that we do not lean on our own understanding. And trust. Trust is surrendering all the facts you in fact do know, And trust is the gap for all the facts you don't know. You may not know or be privy to all the angles in which God is working in the lives of those who are involved. Leave it up to Him. When you do, you acknowledge that His actions leave room for change to occur. He always works on multiple levels with multiple people in a multitude of ways. Trust leaves Him room to intervene. Take ownership of your own life. Are your motives pure or impure? Are you acting in an honorable or dishonorable way? Are you obedient or disobedient? Are you venting appropriately or inappropriately? This would be a close circle to those to whom you take a concern or to a large circle of people. When you do what is right with integrity, and with right motives, he promises to make your path, your steps, straight. Also, pray. Promise in his power. First Timothy 2, 1-2 says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. As we look to leaders and outcome this week, especially this week, may we be reminded of these four things, promise, process, peace, and pray. Hopefully this podcast has encouraged you regardless of the leaders who are near, far, close up, distant, local, national, in any venue, and who may or may not touch your life directly or indirectly. Until next time, this is Shereen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast.